Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. You've probably seen his work, but you can learn all about the artist at the Marshall M. Fredericks Sculpture Museum in Saginaw. We're all eager to get back to our events that we love so much, and Crystal Mountain Resort is ready to host you for a virtual Michigan Beer and Broadfest. It's time to head back to our cities, and our biggest city of Detroit is ready to welcome you back in a big way. And the fort at Mackinac Island is one of the most recognized places in Michigan. It's where history comes to life. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I am happy to be back with you again this week as we check out the uh, various places that you might want to visit as you travel around Michigan this coming season. And here's the thing we can travel again. Just make sure to take those safety protocols in mind because, believe me, we, we want to get back to normal as soon as we can. This is the only way we're going to be able to do it. So take that Pure Michigan pledge. Let's all be part of that solution rather than the continuing problem. Tell you what, uh, we're going to first head over to Saginaw Valley, uh, and uh, I, I'll tell you, I was recently in the Saginaw area, made a quick stop over at uh, Marshall Fredericks Museum, and I was reminded of what a great place this really is. So I'm happy that we're able to uh, get to uh, Mega uh, McAdow. She's the director of the Marshall M. Fredericks Museum over at Saginaw State, uh, Saginaw Valley State, I guess it is, University. Uh, Megan, it's great to have you on the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, it was so impressive to me to be able to be in the museum. I think I told you before we went on the air, I've been to the university before, and I've seen the sculptures outside. I've been at places like Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park and Detroit and in so many other places uh, where Marshall's work has been shown, but I was never into the museum before uh, just shortly. I was just so impressed. If you would, tell us a little bit about Marshall Fredericks, the artist, and then we'll uh, find out more about the museum. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, we were so glad that you came by. And um, it's so wonderful to have visitors in the museum again. Um, the Marshall M. Frederick Sculpture Museum opened back in 1988 on the campus of Saginaw Valley State University. And um, Marshall Fredericks is a Michigan-based artist, but we actually call him America's public sculptor because uh, his sculptures, while found throughout Michigan, um, are also throughout the United States and across the world. And so he was extremely prolific in his lifetime and, um, and really did a lot of monumental-sized sculpture, um, outdoor public sculpture. And so um, sometimes people may not know the name um, when they're, say, looking at something like the Spirit of Detroit sculpture in downtown Detroit. But um, they definitely often know Marshall Fredericks's work. And so um, we um, love that we have this opportunity to have almost all uh, representative works of his at the museum. 
Um, we have over 2,000 works of his with 200 on display. And um, we're really only one of like seven um, museums in the country that kind of focus mainly on, on one artist. So it's really um, a neat and special place. Well, and as you mentioned, he was prolific and especially in the States. So uh, you're right. You, you see that museum, that uh, sculpture in Detroit, the spirit of Detroit. Uh, and that very unique style of his, is that bronze, by the way, that kind of greenish look of the sculptures themselves? That's a patina that he selected. And yes, it is a bronze sculpture, but then he would also apply um, different patina colors that um, usually in um, the green colors, um, he liked to have uh, the color of when a copper penny would kind of oxidize. Um, was one of his favorite colors, but he would um, make that happen instead of having over time natural elements. He would have uh, want that appearance to happen right away, and so he applied different patinas to his bronze sculptures. Yeah, it, I'm so glad you explained that. I've always wondered because it's so unique and beautiful, uh, and it's it's a real sign that that uh, that piece might just very well be a Marshall Fredericks. Uh, uh, tell us about some other places that we can find some of his uh, best known public works. Yeah, um, well, I sometimes I think of kind of my personal path of, of learning about Marshall Fredericks. Um, he has these wonderful sculptures at Oakland University in Rochester um, that are also uh, in Midland by um, Dow Gardens and the Midland Center for the Arts called Seven Saints and Sinners. And they are just a super cool um, collection of seven different sculptures that um, Marshall Fredericks did. Also, um, many people may remember him from uh, being at shopping malls when they were um, growing up or, or decades past. Um, I first saw his sculpture, The Lion and the Mouse, at Eastland Center Mall in, in Harper Woods area. And then he also had the Boy and Bear sculpture at Northland Center, and um, which is now, since the mall closed, been transferred over to the Southfield Public Library. Well, that's um, great. You know, I know I've I've seen so many of his pieces of work at Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. There's the um, the huge you know uh, sculpture. The I can't think of what they call Crossing the Woods, uh, which the a woods, lot of people yeah. will know about. Well, it just kind of goes on and on and on. Um, you know, we we have such a short segment today. Uh, I'm going to have to have you back because I know you have special exhibits at the museum. You currently have an exhibit. And then there are some summer exhibits coming up. So we'll have you back. But real quickly, tell us what we can find at the museum. Only in about a minute. Yeah. So, um, again, we have over um, 200 sculptures by Marshall Fredericks, uh, including a recreated um, sculptor's studio. When he passed, he donated his uh, artist's studio to us. So you get to walk into his studio, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, we have temporary exhibitions like Michigan Modern, an architectural legacy, and this summer we'll have our regional biennial juried sculpture exhibition featuring artists from across the region in Michigan. So um, lots of really neat things to see indoors and outdoors. A really calm, uh, relaxing place. The fountains are turned on. And um, so it's a great place to visit off of I-75 on your way up north or to Frankenmuth. Yeah, I can't wait to visit when I have a little more time. There's so much to see in a relatively small space, but it's, it's really cool. The Marshall and Fredericks Museum in Saginaw. I want to thank uh, Megan McAdow, the director, for joining us today. The website is marshallfredericks.org. 
We're heading to Crystal Mountain for a special festival next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We are at that time of the year when the birds are chirping, the animals are running all over the place, you know, the trees are starting to truly bud out and uh, really, you know, the forest is coming back. I, I love this time of year. It's a beautiful time of the year. And, you know, so that means we've kind of gone through this transition time. I call it the mud season when you, you know, no longer can do all that fun stuff in wintertime. But, you know, most of the, uh, the kind of warm weather activities haven't kicked off. It's a perfect time of the year right now to head up to some of our resorts, like Crystal Mountain Resort, which is uh, that's just a spectacular place. Let's talk about that and some of the ways you can enjoy the resort, the spring into the summer, and some changes to some of the major events that Crystal would be holding at this time of year. So let's bring in Sammy uh, Lukaskevitz. Did I get that close, Sammy? <laughs> you know, I struggle with this every time we talk. Dave, it's only taken you how long? We've known each other a long time. I know. And that was perfect. I think how you're do you one like of the that? only people that know how to pronounce my name. <laughs> well, I wrote it out, you know, all you know, in those little broke, broken out ways. But uh, you know, let's <laughs> let's let's hope that uh, that can continue, as we hope that we can continue to get back to a traveling and almost a normal way. You know, we're we're doing our best to. Uh, to follow all those safety protocols. And I know Krista Mountain has just done, done a great job to keep everybody safe as, you know, winter was great. You had a, a great season, yeah, I would really I would presume. We did. And, you know, the beauty of a place like Crystal Mountain or really a lot of places in northern Michigan is that we have a ton of fresh air and the outside never closes. So we did benefit from people wanting to cross country ski or downhill ski or fat tire bike or just hike and get outside uh, in the wintertime. And, you know, if you have good gear, you're always warm um, and mm. protected from the weather elements. And we expect that to continue into the summer because it's just northern michigan and just michigan in general is just so lovely this time of year and there are so many outside activities to do and uh, you know in a safe uh socially distanced way i mean in a way northern michigan really invented social distancing didn't yeah we? <laughs> isn't that true well you, you mentioned the word warm and you know seriously i think of the word warmth any time of the year when i'm at crystal mountain because it's such a warm a comfortable inviting welcoming atmosphere there and it, it is truly a spectacular world-class resort especially for the price i mean the value is just incredible when you visit crystal at any time of the year um, it really is it's just it, amazing it, just up here it. it's family yeah, yeah well it is it is like coming back home every time i'm there so i love it uh, now you know i'm sure we'll have time to talk about uh, crystal kind of in general but i want to make sure uh, that people know what's happening with the Michigan Beer and Brat uh, Festival. You, you guys have had such a fun time putting that together for the last several years. And with COVID, I know there are going to be some changes. So why don't you fill us in on that? Well, you know, it is a great event. Um, we, we did cancel it last year and uh, we had every hope that we'd be able to host it this year. But it really brings out about 3,000 people. And it, it, people aren't really... Um, 
interested in gathering right now in that big a group. Um, so we're going to continue with doing something in the virtual sense of you can still come to Crystal Mountain and still enjoy all the great activities there are here, but have a beer and brat on your own. Uh, we'll feature beer and brat pairings every weekend through Labor Day. So we're stretching out the a Memorial Day weekend tradition all through the summer. And uh, we hope to bring it back next year because it really is a fun uh, opportunity to get outside, test some really interesting brats and beer pairings from all the great Michigan breweries. And uh, so this year, look for uh, some virtual opportunities to come out. You can buy the brats in our, our mountain market or just taste them and uh, hang out around the resort. Now, when you're doing, um, you know, flavor tasting with beer <laughs> and any kind of food, a lot of time there are different foods involved. But in this case, is it going to be various beers every year and we're going to kind of plan on tasting the same type of brat every week? No, we'll have different features every weekend. Um, our, our chef Jack is really amazing and uh, we had a little bit of a sampling last week to try to figure out you know how we were going to serve all these and he can really do some remarkable things and, and the vendors that we're using, they have everything from you know, sauerkraut brats to bacon and cheese brats to regular brats. And we're going to try different ones every weekend and pairing those with special beers that go specifically with those brats. And you might even get a surprise or two, like a homemade bacon jam that our chef has cooked up. So ah. it, we really are looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> I love a good bratwurst so, um, it, and a good beer pairing from all these great Michigan breweries. Well, Sammy, you mentioned your market there at Crystal Mountain. And last time I was there, I uh, had a little extra time. So I walked through the market. I was so impressed. I mean, a lot of variety in a you know, relatively small market, uh, although oh, yeah. big for the size of the resort. A lot of <laughs> lot of variety of product. You know, the types of things that it seems like I'm always looking for when I when I go to an extended stay uh, location where I'm there for a week or two, uh, or just for a weekend. I was very impressed. You've made so many improvements, including there at that uh, main hotel lodge. Why don't you talk a little bit about? some of the improvements that people uh, might not have uh, noticed in uh, some of their trips that, that they, they've been to recently. Well, sure. If you if you haven't been here for a while, you know, the, the point of uh, Crystal Mountains accommodations is we really are a village um, where you can walk and, and really take advantage of everything being in close proximity. And whether you want to come by yourself and just stay in a beautiful suite, or if you want to bring your family and stay in a five-bedroom condo, uh, you know, work from here, play from here. It really has something for everyone. And inside the inn, I mean, we have this lovely uh, mountain market and it, it, it's not just a sundry bar that you see at, at, at a hotel. It really has gourmet foods. It has all sorts of beers and wines. You know, I went down there yesterday to buy some milk. So there's, there's all sorts of things, uh, chicken and bratwurst and meats and fresh vegetables. It really is a hometown market. And yep, people who come here, they come here for several days typically. And most of our accommodations have kitchens. And so you can prepare your own food there if you don't want to eat in one of our restaurants. We also have a fill a fridge program where if you call us in advance, we'll take care of filling your fridge for you before you get here. So wow. it, we really try to make things convenient for all of our guests. and feel like when you come to Crystal Mountain, you're really coming home. And well, and if, if, if you don't want to cook, you'll also provide uh, somebody who can do the cooking at a right. couple of really nice places. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, our chef, our executive chef, Jack Wentz, is 
so talented and his culinary team are just remarkable. And whether you just want to have pizza or you want to have a gourmet special that's in Thistle, uh, which is our beautiful restaurant, it really is a great place. And I recommend the Bavarian pretzel and the fabulous uh, mustard dipping sauce. It is so good. It is nothing like ever I've ever eaten before. And I've been to Germany, so hmm. it really is fantastic. Actually, it reminded me of uh, one of those super huge pretzels that you get in <laughs> Germany. I've, I've had them yeah. both. I enjoyed both as well. <laughs> well, Sammy, you, you talked about how the layout at Crystal Mountain is like a village. And I think it's such a smart layout. And you have the, the great variety of places uh, to stay, the accommodations from traditional hotel, uh, kind of a suite hotel type of room to, um, um, I don't know, cabins and condos. Homes, and yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it, it really is intentional when we uh, started going through some of our master planning. And, you know, our hotel is lovely. Every hotel room is a suite in our inn. Um, but there's also Kinlochen, which has those traditional type of hotels. But we have homes here as well, um, large condominiums. And if you want to, uh, you know, have a extended family reunion, um, it, there's there's certainly a place for you. And it really is about that person's taste. And, and travelers are different. I mean, they all want something different. Um, and it, whether it's the convenience of a hotel suite or a five bedroom home, it really is magnificent to be able to have that choice and uh, be able to bring your friends and family, share the rent if you want to in, a, in a, one of our larger homes. Um, but with everything having the walking trail feel, um, you can get to the restaurant, you can get to Crystal Spa, you can get to Peak Fitness, our mountain market, or you know, rent a bike from us and you can bike to these places. So it really is an amazing place with all sorts of selection that really can be tailored to what you're looking for in a vacation. An amazing place indeed. It is Crystal Mountain in Thompsonville, northern Michigan. You'll love it. Go to the website, crystalmountain.com. Thanks to Sammy Lukaskevitz for joining us today. We head to Detroit next. You're on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We are headed back out there, and that means we're also headed back to our cities. You know, during this last year, as um, you know, our concerns about COVID were really at uh, high pitch. Most people were looking for outdoor spaces. So you've heard that everybody's been going to state parks, national parks, local parks, like our metro parks and other places. Uh, that that has been very popular for the last year. The Upper Peninsula has been busier than normal because people are trying to find places that are lesser known, smaller towns, natural areas. But we've gone through this whole thing now for this last year, and our cities are now ready to welcome you back. It's time to head back to our cities, including our major city and the surrounding area of Detroit. Let's find out what's happening there these days in the metro Detroit area by bringing in Jennifer Petrus Ollinger. She's from the Detroit Metro Convention Visitors Bureau. Jennifer, it's good to have you on the program. Hi, Dave, how are you? We're doing okay, and I tell you, I so miss being in Detroit on a regular basis, as you know, prior to yeah. COVID. I mean, I was in Detroit at least 
once a week. And then if you were to add the, um, you know, that kind of that three county area, I'd be in the Detroit area two or three times a week. And this last year, I just haven't been. So I need to get back there. I'm eager to get back there because Detroit has such great experiences to enjoy, a great story to learn all about. It's just time, you know, it's time to head back. It is. We miss you. We want you back in Detroit and we want yeah. everybody else to come back to Detroit as well. That's true. Well, of course, if you if you think of it this way, Detroit has been changing and evolving to be more welcoming, more enjoyable for years. And this is our time to, to head back there. I know it's quieter right now, but that's one of the reasons that you can enjoy heading back. Let's talk about some of the um, the areas of Detroit to give people a feeling for what they will experience. Start out with the waterfront area. For anybody who's not been to Detroit for a while, that waterfront area has made dramatic changes in recent years. Tell us a little bit about that. The Riverwalk is absolutely amazing. The Riverfront Conservancy has really done a great job at doing a lot of programming for this upcoming summer. Um, it's just absolutely stunning with some of the parks and the flora and the fauna and the views of Canada. It's it's really amazing. You know, my suggestion to to really make the most of your time on the Riverwalk would be to to rent a bike at Wheelhouse Detroit and and kind of bike up and down. It's five miles from bridge to bridge which is how long it spans and you can check out the newest park which is called the Vallag Park. Um, it's really great place to take children. They have a children's musical garden as well as a colorful playscapes that um, they can partake in while you as parents can go to Detroit's only floating bar <laughs> called Bob's Barge which has just recently <laughs> opened. So fun for everybody. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know about Bob's Barge. I need to check that out myself. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the cool thing is you mentioned, you know, the, the five-mile distance of that, that walkway along the Detroit River. Uh, it also has what's called the Dequinder Cut. Can you tell us about that? The Dequinder Cut is a really cool project. It's a repurposed railway that has been turned into a bike path. And along the um, the Dequinder Cut, um, it's a nice paved, smooth surface that you can also ride your bike up and down. And throughout the path, you'll find amazing murals, um, artist murals all along the path, um, little nooks and areas that you can stop and take a break. There are little performance areas. There's an area called the Detroit Freight Yard where you can stop and hear live entertainment, grab a small bite to eat, have a drink as well. Um, it's a real entertainment destination in its own right, and you get there either to walk or to bike or however you want to, to utilize it, but it's a really cool place to kind of go hang out. And I know they, they've been talking about extending that all the way to Eastern Market. I don't think that project is done yet, is it? Yeah, it, it the the Dequinder Cut does head up to Eastern Market. It does. Wow. It does. Yep, they have a wonderful little walkway that you can walk up to the Eastern Market area. Go there. Um, their Eastern Market is gearing up to, uh, to open three days a week starting in June. So you'll have more activity all throughout the market this summer. Um, with throughout the market, you can also check out the amazing artist murals there as well. 
You can do things like take a tour called Come Hungry, Leave Happy by Feed on the Streets so you can try some foods from throughout the market. Um, it's a real great place to come hang out, and they'll be open soon starting in June, Saturdays, Sundays, and Tuesdays. Oh, that's that's fantastic to hear. Now, if you are um, kind of in that waterfront area near uh, the Renaissance Center, maybe a little bit, I guess it's south. It's always confusing for me, south or west. What is the, it's Woodward, of course, a Woodward um, from Jefferson, basically along the riverfront. Um, it's not a, a roadway right now for that one block area, right? Isn't that just like a walking area now? Sure, yep, yeah, that's a walking area right in front of our most iconic statue in the city. The Spirit of Detroit is right there as well. And it's it's an area that um, you can go and have a seat at. There's a frequent uh uh, food trucks that pull up for you to take a break and kind of just kind of take in and soak in the the vibrance of the downtown Detroit. Um, it's a it's a really cool activation area. There's at times various games that they have there, including like life size chess and um, checkers, and it's it's um, just a great place to to hang out. Yeah, I agree. And then just a couple of blocks from that area as you continue moving. Uh, you get to Campus Marshes. This is kind of the center of the city, and it's a neat gathering space, isn't it? Campus Marshes is the heart of downtown Detroit. A lot of people um, don't realize it's actually the point of origin of the city, but Campus Marshes is a wonderful place to sit, relax. Um, again, they'll have their large beach area this summer with food and drink available within Campus Marshes Park. Right next to Campus Marshes this summer, we also have an outdoor movie theater that will show all sorts of movies, including family-friendly movies um, so you can have a big drive-in movie theater in the heart of the city that you can come down to that's just right across the street from campus marshes park and they have programming all summer long with live entertainment um, activities um, festivals including the new one that we have coming up this summer called the motor city car crawl which is um, a fundraiser for eight children's charities uh, that will encompass all of our downtown city parks. So it's definitely an event that you'd want to come and check out. One of the uh, more popular areas for adults to, to get together in uh, that area, but also uh, one of my favorite places in, in Detroit is Greektown. Uh, it's just a cool you know, section of the city. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Greektown is one of our entertainment districts um, within the city. We have several, including other neighborhoods like Corktown, um, Southwest Detroit, where you'll find a lot of our um, Latino influence in the city. But um, Greektown has several different Greek restaurants. You can hear music playing in the sea streets. They have, um, they're anchored by the Greektown Casino, of course, as well as all sorts of different uh, patios that you can sit out on and um, enjoy some Saganaki, Dave. Do you know what yeah, that is? <laughs> I do. I, is, is that what they um, kind of like um, occasionally they'll burn off some of that and do the, the opa? Thing? Yes, it's yeah. flaming cheese. Yeah, and flaming so they cheese. They hold it high and say, "Oppa," <laughs> and they they light it up, and um, it's delicious. Yeah, that's that's it is a lot of fun. I, I love it. Um, you know, so 
I don't want to get people thinking that you can only do outdoor things in Detroit because mm-hmm. there are so many indoor things, including, you know, the three big casinos and, you know, so many architect- architectural gems that you can visit, tremendous hotels, a lot of really cool new ones. But we are we have such a short amount of time. Uh, let's talk about um, that um, that kind of really cool alley that's developed where you can see a lot of public art. Yeah. So that we've got a few alleys around town, but I think you're referring to the one called the Belt. The Belt is a sort of an outdoor um, art installation that the Library Street Collective has done, and it's just a really cool place. Um, if you're into taking selfie pictures, that's where you want to head. One of the places downtown. But um, the Belt is a collection of various artists, all from um, around. Um, not only Metro Detroit, but all over that have, um, you know, paintings and murals and sculptures all throughout um, the alley. And also in the alley, you'll find if, if you're if you're a good sleuth, um, some hidden um, sort of speakeasy places to visit there as well. Um, one of my favorites um is is in there but you'll have to go to check it out and find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it is kind of cool because you'll just see like a door and yeah. then you wonder what is this? And if you look really closely, you see it's kind of a, you know, a, a kind of a hipster place. It's I just I just love Detroit. I really do. I can't wait to get back. In fact, I'm going to head there in a couple of days, so I'm looking forward to it. Amazing. Hope to see Jennifer Petrus Ollinger there and everybody else. For more information, go to the website Visit Detroit. Com. I'll see you there. We're going to talk about the Mackinac State Historic Parks next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Ah, oh boy, I tell you. Everybody I know wants to head back to Mackinac Island. You know, we've had this kind of pause, right? A lot of people didn't head up there last summer because they wanted to give a little time for a COVID to uh, move on. And, and I think we're there. The island is ready to accept you. The region is ready to accept you to travel safely. So let's find out what's happening up there specific to the historic parks. You might remember a few weeks ago, We talked to the director of the Mackinac State Historic Park, Steve Brisson, about uh, some of the things happening in the region. And Steve and I, um, you know, I had so many questions about the uh, parks that are on the mainland area, Mackinac City area and such, that we really didn't get to the island very much. So let's bring Stephen in back and uh, find out what's happening up on Mackinac Island with the historic parks. So Stephen, welcome back to the program. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's great to be back. Yeah, it really is. I'm sorry we ran out of time last time. You know, I have so many questions uh, that I sometimes find out that uh, we've just run out of time. So let's get right to it. Uh, I know that you've been preparing all winter to make sure that people can visit the historic parks safely. Uh, tell us some things about what we can expect, perhaps new because of COVID, with some of the changes that uh, might be necessary. 
Well, uh, last year we, we were open to the public and we hosted a number of guests. Of course, we were down, but we opened very safely. Uh, fortunately, a lot of our experiences in the parks are outdoors, and that's the best place uh, to be, the safest place to be. And we will continue to operate uh, with those uh, safety restrictions, closing a few options where people get too close. But uh, most of our sites and venues are open. Um, you know, even Fort Mackinac, you have 14 buildings, but a big part of the site is open air and uh, the cannon firings and rifle firings, all of that goes on in the great outdoors. So that's a very safe place to be. And of course, 80% of the island is part of Mackinac Island State Park, and there are miles and miles of roads and trails and sites to explore. Well, as we talked last time, a lot of people kind of exclusively think about Fort Mackinac as the historic park. But even on the island, you have some other properties that you manage, don't you? We do. We have a number of historic sites uh, downtown that are open in the summer, including a Biddle House, which was completely redone last year. And we installed in that incredibly historic uh, house on the island a new museum dedicated to the Native American history of Mackinac. That opened briefly at the end of the year last year, but it fully opens, um, uh, um, this has fully opened this May. And so we're welcoming guests at the Mackinac Island Native American Museum at Biddle House. I'm looking forward to seeing that myself. I have a great interest in the Native, Amer- Native American heritage, as I know you know. So uh, looking forward to it. Now, as we head to the fort itself, there's still a lot of people who have never been there. Why don't you describe the place and uh, what we can find there? Well, uh, Fort Mackinac is an iconic feature of Mackinac Island, dominating the harbor. It's the whole reason everything is over here on the island, because the British decided to move the mainland fort over. Um, It was built by the British, uh, used by them until the end of the Revolutionary War, uh, taken over by the Americans. The British briefly came back during the War of 1812 and captured the fort, and then it remained an American fort until 1895. Um, So a very long history, especially back in the 19th century, forts often didn't survive for that that long in in, in America. So uh, a great um, historic fort and fully restored 14 original structures full of exhibits and and, uh, uh, programs throughout the day. Um, So it's just... uh, you know, one of America's favorite forts. Uh, uh, it's so well-preserved. It's one of the best-preserved forts of the 19th century in the United States. Yeah, I've even thought before that they must have, you know, rebuilt this building or that building, but I've learned as I've walked around that they were just preserved so well. Over they they the were, yeah. It, 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 it's, they, they're, they're so uh, nice-looking, they almost look like they're fake. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a great compliment. Yeah, but even back, e- even back in the day in the Victorian period, some of the parts of the fort were so old that they were considered historic while it was still a fort. So there were, there were even, you know, uh, talk about tearing this or that building down. And some of them were preserved back then because they were, uh, their, their history was acknowledged, again, yeah. even when it was still an active post. Wow. Well, and you mentioned that a lot of the experience of the fort is outdoors. So when you come into the fort area, first off, you've got to go up the hill. You get into the fort area, and um, you're going to see this kind of grassy area in the center. I forget what you call that, but but I know you do some special activities there on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah the, the parade ground in the center of the fort where we have um, a lot of our demonstrations take place, rifle firings and other hands-on activities uh, with our guests. So that's off the center of the fort, and then the cannon firings take place up at the gun platform overlooking downtown in the harbor. And I hope I'm not spoiling it for any families, but um, quite often you'll see 
the uh, the characters there, um, you know, going through um, these various activities, and uh, they're wearing regalia that that includes um, kind of like these these helmets that look somewhat German looking, and um, people can can learn about that as well. But can you tell us about that? Sure. The the, the fort is restored to its uh, 1880s appearance because you know again it's all original, and when the army left in 1895, it uh, was basically the the late Victorian period, and so our costumed interpreters wear the dress uniform of that of that era. And the for the Prussian army were the world's uh, leading military uh, of that time, and so the American army basically copied their uniform and adopted this uh, uh, helmet with a spike on the top that, again, often uh, re- reminds people of uh, German military uniforms, but that's where it originated because wow. we were just, just following the, the leaders of the world at that yes, time. Yes, this is the only place I've ever seen that uh, exhibited in that fashion, so that's another Right, it, it's great cool. to do because it, it was the, the, the dress uniform of the U.S. Army for a very long time, for a 20-plus year period, wow. but it's, wow. it's like forgotten about today that yeah, uh, strange. the army dressed like that for such yeah. a long time. Now, as you, as you walk around the property, you're going to go into different small buildings along the way. Can you tell us what we find in some of these buildings? Um, a, a lot of uh, exhibits focusing on the history of both the fort and the island. Our, our biggest exhibit at the fort is, is uh, a, a whole history of Mackinac Island. So not just the fort and the military history, but the, the social, political, all of that. Uh, why the island was important to Native Americans during the fur trade, etc. And then there's a lot of other gallery exhibits that focus more uh, specifically on the War of 1812, life at the fort during the Victorian period. So there's officers' quarters, guardhouse, barracks, um, quartermaster's storehouse, all those buildings um, with period settings or or gallery exhibits on a specific theme. And a lot of hands-on activities for kids, including kids' quarters that exhibit just for kids, which is been completely redone over this last winter. It's one of our most popular exhibits, and it has been redone from top to bottom. It's so popular, the, the, the kids just wore it out over the last few years. I can't think, um, I can't help but think every time I'm there of what life must have been for these soldiers who were at that fort. Now, remember, you know, there were no resorts back then. There was no fudge all over the place. <laughs> and they were there in the, the heart of winter. And you get a feeling for what that lifestyle must have been like. Yeah, you, you do. And, and when the fort was established, it was, you know, the fur trade, a frontier region. But by the Victorian period, Mackinac was a, a major summer resort. And so these soldiers really took advantage of that. They they were here. It was back in the 1880s. It was like it was, it, it is here today with uh, thousands of people visiting the island and a lot, of, a lot of activity going on. So during the summer back then, it was considered a very desirable post to be. Winter, just like it is today, can get a little bleak. Uh, on uh, on Mackinac. Yeah, I bet it. So you, I bet it. So you had to suffer through that. Yeah. Yeah. No snowmobiles back then. Uh, no. So no, a, li- right. a little more difficult to get around. Well, it, it's a it's a really cool thing to experience. And you know the thing is, when you go to a place, you should be prepared to know what it's like today because of what happened in the past. You learn all these things and you get to enjoy so much when you visit Mackinac Island, specifically when you go to the Mackinac State Historic Parks. Make sure to check out the fort and all the exhibits there on your next visit to Mackinac Island. I want to thank Stephen Brisson, the director of the Mackinac State Historic Parks, for being with us today and remind you to go to the website MackinawParks.com. That's Mackinac 
with a C. That's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. I look forward to talking to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling.